So, Lord, even as we've just sung that we present our hearts to you, Lord, we know that we need your Holy Spirit to move in our hearts, to open our eyes, to teach us your word, to show us your ways. And so come, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would empower the preaching of your word, that you would empower all of us to hear your word, and that you would empower us to respond to your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So this morning we are going to be looking at a passage of scripture from Philippians 4. So page 1826 in the Bible, if you're using the Bible from your chair. And um, just for those that are guests, um, welcome. And we have been on a journey as a church of learning about the, um, our identity in Christ, that we're not alone, that he's with us, many things about our identity in Christ. Then um, we heard a sermon about not taking offense. Do you remember that? Like not taking the bait, don't hang on to that little trap. Remember the little crabs in the trap? We heard some special um, guest pastors speak to us about grace and about um, honoring our leadership and um, praying for the church around the world. Last week we heard the beginning of a sermon series on growing up into Christ, who's the head. And so we're going to be looking over this Advent season about the traits and the characteristics of Christ And so as we um, look today at the trait of gentleness, this passage of scripture from Philippians 4, and um, initially it was just going to be a verse or two, let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. That was kind of the, you know, the one that came to mind. But as a preacher, as a pastor, you have to think about How much of this text am I going to be um, sharing? And so we look at, and the original text didn't have all the verse numbers and these categories and headings. And so we look at it and we um, have to determine, where are we going to start in this? And it felt like starting at rejoice in the Lord and um, let your gentleness be evident to all, felt like it was starting in the middle of a story. And actually, our gentleness is set in this passage right in the context of conflict. And so um, it seems very fitting and appropriate as we consider going into the holidays and sometimes the family and the interpersonal conflict that comes just even from the busyness of the season to um, have a message about gentleness. And so I'd like to um, start with verse 2. And so Philippians 4.2. I plead with Eudia and I plead with Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, my true companion, help these women since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord 
is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. This is God's word. So, breaking news. You know when you see those headlines come up and what has happened in our city or in our nation? Um, Well, did you hear about the breaking news that there was a conflict this week between some siblings? Or did you hear any breaking news about a conflict between roommates or spouses? Somebody, I see a few smiles. I'll try not to look at anybody. Um, Did you get the breaking news that Dana and I had a conflict this week? And I'm sharing it with permission. Um, Conflicts happen. We live in a broken world. We see things from a different angle. And um, conflicts happen. But how it turns out, if it doesn't turn out well, often does hit the news. And um, Dana and I, I just, sometimes I hate it, um, honestly. If you're preaching on a virtue and you get the opportunity to see whether you need to grow in this or not. And so I'm just going to say that um, preaching on gentleness and then having a conflict on Monday in marriage made me recognize where I've got more room to grow in gentleness. Because when you come in together from a day and somebody says, how was your day? And the other person starts to share and all of a sudden it kind of blows up. Um, There's reactions that we have, right? Like um, one of us started to get a little mean and say a few jabbing things. And one of us wanted to, like, just leave and just find them. I'll just go for dinner by myself and get two-for-one burritos by myself. You know, like, uh, yeah. So opportunity to grow in gentleness. Well, it actually did make the headline news that these two women in this church were fighting and were having a conflict. Because it made the headline news so much that Paul got the news when he was in another country in jail. This must have been a doozy of a difficulty. And it was two women that weren't just any two women, but actually they were on the front lines, leaders in the church movement, working side by side with all the other disciples, and yet they had a very, very significant conflict, so much so that Paul felt like he needed to write and call them out by name in a letter that's read in front of everyone to say, I plead with you, be of one mind, I plead with you. What's at stake when there's a big conflict? I set my Bible down, I don't know why I did that, because I'm going to need it, Um, probably because I'm walking around with it. What's at stake when leadership in the church is in conflict? Well, what's at stake is the mission. 
and the effectiveness. Can we all stay on track with what God's wanting to do to bring his kingdom in an area if all the attention is just trying to help two people get along? All of a sudden, it takes all the energy and focuses it on inward. And, you know, every person, if you're in a leadership position, you may have roommates or family, your children perhaps, others that you're leading that are watching your example, and their hearts get broken too when conflict does not get resolved well. And so it's not only setting an example, but it's also affecting the mission. And so God gives some commands here. Um, He doesn't just give some suggestions, but he says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. And so when you have a conflict, he says, maintain your perspective. Remember that you have something to rejoice about, that you're in Christ. And so keep your perspective, because you know when you have a conflict, you immediately kind of get really focused on that thing. Don't let it become an idol. But keep your focus that you have a relationship Rejoice in the Lord. I'll say it again. Rejoice. So maintain your perspective and remember to maintain your witness. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The gentleness that we model and we live is actually countercultural to our world. We're living a kingdom culture of gentleness. And he's saying, let your gentleness be evident to everyone not just those in the church but let the world see that when you have a conflict you conduct yourselves in a way because scripture says um in your anger do not sin right so it's not a sin to have a differing view or even to have a conflict but you can sin in how you interact in that conflict and so Maintain your perspective that you're in Christ, and when you're having a difficulty with another Christian, you're both in Christ, so rejoice together that you're in Christ. Rejoice, and also let your gentleness be evident to all. Well, what is gentleness? Um, Friends, gentleness is not a feminine or a male characteristic. It's a human characteristic that is reflecting who God is. And so a definition for gentleness is strength, Under the control of pure love. So think about if um, a grandpa and a grandson were going to handshake. And the grandpa says, give me your best handshake. And the little one squeezes and the grandpa squeezes. Well, the little one is growing up into strength, but he's got a weak grip. The grandpa could crush that little grandson's hand, but he controls the strength of the grip. Do you understand? Yeah. I used to go to a church with a bodybuilder, and every time he shook my hand, it was like my hand was like I felt like it was going to crush. And I felt like he wasn't, he wasn't controlling his strength. He wasn't me. He wasn't focusing on me. I think he was focusing on himself, and he wanted to show how strong he was. In our words and in our actions, We can be other-focused, what's going to benefit them, or we can be focused on ourselves and what we want or what we're trying to accomplish. And so gentleness is strength under the control of pure love, and it's focused on the benefit of the other, and it will be appropriate 
and fitting words or actions for whatever situation. So gentleness can be bold. God is bold at times. Paul said, you know, do you want me to come? Am I speaking in timidity or will I speak in boldness? And so um, it's strength under control. It's responding appropriately. And appropriately when you're in the kingdom of God is, am I reflecting the character of Jesus? Am I reflecting the kingdom? So gentleness. Now, all right, so he calls us to um, let our gentleness be evident to all. And I want to say that he gives about four or five ways to position ourselves for grace. Because we talked before that we cannot make this fruit of the Spirit grow in us. It's a work of the Spirit. But we can posture ourselves by the spiritual disciplines and by the ways that we prepare and ask to be used and um, Here's my heart, Lord. We just sing about that, right? Like we're posturing ourselves. So the first way that I see that in this passage is the Lord is near. So let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Practice God's presence. Think about that when you're in this conflict, you're wanting to demonstrate God's gentleness. He's right with you. He is there. Well, what when um, there's this guy brother lawrence and he had this practice of god's presence he actually suggested like setting times on your watch or whatever where you would think about and like acknowledge god is with me now so every i knew somebody that said like every 15 minutes their alarm went off for several days to just think about god's with me god's with me the lord is near all right when we know that the lord's near and we're in a conflict what does that mean what difference does it make if we're cognizant that god is right here Well, for one thing, how I talk to my husband, all of a sudden I'm realizing that God is a witness here. Like, we're not having this interchange apart from God. He's watching how I'm acting. He's also watching how he's acting. So whichever one of us might not be acting so nice at the moment, um, the Lord knows and is going to hold responsible. It also means that if he's near that we can um, ask him and talk to him about, like, help me, Lord, right now, help me. We can also know that we think a lot of times about that we're going to, in the final judgment, we're going to have to answer for everything we do, but there's also rewards. And so we can be grateful that even in our gentleness, if, you know, things don't go as well as we had hoped, there'll be rewards. And so the Lord is near. And we can take encouragement from that. So practicing the presence of God is one way we posture ourselves and then pray. And so it moves right into prayer. And some commentators say this is almost like a little miscellaneous collection of, you know, Christian living. And I think a lot of times that I've pulled out some of these various passages, be anxious about, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, With thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. So I thought about that just kind of in a general way of, like, oh, in life, pray. And, you know, if you're anxious about something, pray. How many of you get anxious when you're having some sort of interpersonal conflict? Have you ever thought, like, oh, this prayer is actually about, like, 
in this conflict right now, don't be anxious about anything, but pray with thanksgiving. And I've also, I've wondered, like, well, what is that thanksgiving? You know, what is that, like, if you're really intent on asking God for what you need, and then all of a sudden there's this thanksgiving, I think it goes back to, again, like recognizing that the Lord's near. So thank you, Lord, that you're here with me, even as I'm talking to you about this thing that I'm really concerned about. Thank you that you're near. Thank you that I can come into your presence. Thank you that Dane also is a believer. And so, Lord, thank you that you care about us together and you care about our marriage. Like, can you see how you can turn these things in conflict? All of a sudden, you can turn this right into prayer, presenting our request to God, and then his peace comes. And so we posture ourselves to receive God's grace through prayer. And then this pick out the positives. And this is not like some kind of positivity sermon, gospel or whatever. But this is actually like look for the kingdom attributes. And have you ever thought about this? Like finally, brothers, whatever's true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. If anything's excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. In the context of an argument or a conflict. Think about that. What would happen if you're having, Dane and I are having a conflict, and what if I went after prayer and I started taking my thoughts captive, but it's not just a, an abstract, like think about whatever's pure and holy and praiseworthy and excellent. What in Dane? is excellent and praiseworthy and good and holy. And what's true and right about this situation? All of a sudden, I think if we start to do this when we're in conflict, we're not going to victimize the other person or um, not victimize, um, villainize. That's the word I want to villainize. We're not going to make them out to be the so bad guy, you know, because you know how you can kind of do that in your mind, like you blow up, I'm so right and I'm so good in this, you know, like in my conflict, my perspective is so right and this person is just so wrong. And I feel like this really helps us. Do you, are you tracking with this? When you have a conflict with someone, particularly in the church, think about what's good and thank God. Like, thank you, Lord, that this person has such service gifts. Lord, thank you that this person is so faithful. Thank you for, you know... And what if we did that in preparation so that if we ever did have a conflict, like this was in my mind this week, what if we took the church directory and prayed through it? And I tried to think and name, like, thank you, Lord, for what am I seeing that's admirable, pure, praiseworthy in Vic? What about for Billy? What about for Preston? Like, if I took every person in the church directory and thanked the Lord, and started looking for the good, if I ever did have a difference of opinion with somebody, I'm already going to come with an admiration and a respect. That this is an image bearer of God. This is a valued child of the king. And we're together going to approach whatever this conflict is. So pick out the positives. And then practice maturity. In verse 9, he says, Whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Paul says this. Look, look to those that have grown up. We're talking about growing up into Christ. So who do you have as a model that's grown up in maturity in Christ that demonstrates gentleness in their life and gentleness in conflict resolution? 
I grew up in a family where there was more violence and where conflict didn't get handled very well. People disconnected and ran away or people were really, you know, like got more physical. All right. I needed to see some other healthier ways of dealing with conflict. And I think we've not only had it in family, but in churches where there's been conflict and people either ran away or it came to that really, you know, like mean words and difficult and anger and so forth. And what does that do to our witness? And so could we look to mature people that are further in Christ and learn from them? I know I've learned so much by just watching how people take a deep breath, respond in gentleness rather than harshness of word, like tone, smile, your eyes. Am I conveying love as I'm talking to you? These kind of things. Practicing maturity. And then finally, and the God of peace will be with you. So there's this promise again of God's presence. As we encounter any difficult interaction, there's this promise that he, the one of peace, will be with you. And I think about the um, two pictures from scripture. One is the gentle shepherd and um, from Isaiah. Let me see, I texted myself this. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. And so thinking, who is this that we're growing up into? Who is this that we're representing and learning to be like Christ? And how he's a gentle shepherd. And he's been gentle to us. And we want to be gentle to others. And then the potter and how that he's the potter, we're the clay. He's shaping and molding us. And then we shape and mold other people in our interactions. And if you think about clay on a potter's wheel, if you're um, too firm, the whole clay will just go falling off or it just collapses. So you've got to have a gentle touch. And this is who God is in our lives and who he invites us to be in one another's lives. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are growing us up in gentleness. And we pray, Lord, have your way. Lord, help us to tend to one another in ways that are um, strong but restrained by pure love. And so appropriate. Lord, help our interactions to be appropriate and fitting and um, always, always focused on blessing and benefiting the other. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.